Bernie Sanders speaking on the need for a revolution. And I've been watching a lot of history shows recently. A lot of um, there's one on the History Channel called The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire. And it goes into, you know, not great detail, but, you know, some detail about, you know, campaigns emperors waged and political situations, internal political strife. But for me, it doesn't go into enough detail because ultimately they always present a decision to invade an area or occupy a region based on exactly what the emperor wants. But when you pay attention to politics like I do, you know that politicians just don't make decisions they're having their arm twisted by you know rich powerful people that's the real decision makers even in an authoritarian system when they say oh um kim jong-un did x or this person did y of course they did you know the people that have power to put pressure on them they're the ones twisting their arm and you know putting a gun to their back telling them to make x y and z decisions you know why did the united states invade Iraq? Was it because of a genuine concern for weapons of mass destruction and all that kind of thing? Or was it because the weapons companies and the oil companies wanted it? You know, you know what the answer is. Whereas my worry is that if someone, you know, read about that thousand, thousand, two thousand years from now, you'll just say President George W. Bush mistakenly thought there was weapons of mass destruction and because of that he invaded and there wasn't weapons, which would be just a complete rewriting of the history. So... I've decided I'm going to start a little history series, which is I'm going to pick any situation that I find to be relevant or interesting, and I'm going to go into the internal political decisions, so the real reasons why the decisions are being made, mainly not for, more for myself and for, you know, family or when I have children, I want them to be able to, you know, get accurate information. Now I've learned about the Vietnam War, for example, in, in school, the lies they told us, it was tremendous. It was only when I started to listen to Chomsky and other leftist, you know, media dissect, you know, what was really happening and the reason why America invaded, which was to prevent, you know, a socialist communist state from forming in Vietnam, in South Vietnam, you know, not that they were defending South Vietnam, but that they were attacking South Vietnam first, but getting these are the things they don't teach you. So that's kind of why I'm starting this series. And I think given that it's historically relevant, I'm going to start with... Bernie Sanders and how he betrayed the revolution. Bernie Sanders is a guy that, you know, Bernie Sanders is a guy that I didn't really know much about up until 2016. I didn't even know Hillary was running against anyone in 2016. That was really when I started, you know, have my political awakening. I started to pay attention more and I, you know, I kind of supported her because I thought, like, you know, like so many other people, Democrats good, Republicans bad. It always used to baffle me why anyone would vote for, you know, the Republicans when they're so transparently evil. But obviously, four years later, I realized that they're both exactly evil. They're both the same side of the same coin. In fact, they just flip positions every so often, you know. And I think people see through that, hence why they just vote for either one. There's no real difference. So Bernie Sanders ran against Hillary Clinton to the left of her. He criticized her Wall Street speeches. He went after her on, you know, political decisions being owned and bought. But he was cheated. So 
But I mean, before, before we even go into it, let's go into the history of Bernie Sanders, now that I know more about him. So basically, Bernie Sanders was a guy that growing up was very, very active in the leftist sphere. He was very revolutionary. He believed in taking on power. One, one of the things he actually said in the 80s was that the Democratic Party is where revolutions go to die. So quite early, early on, he realized the need to, you know, to not be part of this brain-dead moribund party and to build you know, a separate coalition, a, a real movement to oppose you know, the, the looting of, of the people, which has gone on you know, thousands of years. That's one of the things you realise when you watch history shows, is that the arrangement of our society in which we have you know, the tiny upper elite class and you know, majority of people being underclass, it's not new. It goes back as far as civilizations they can actually, you know, examine, which is like they found fossils of like 10,000 years old and stuff. As far back as that, the arrangement of society has been exactly the way it is now. So it's kind of hard to say we've progressed, you know. But anyway, that's a, that's a classist critique. So he, he ran his first, um, he won office in the House of Representatives first by running as an independent. So he didn't run in either party. He was calling out the Republican who had the seat at the time, speaking of the need to, you know, get rid of this guy because he was corrupt and he took takes loads of money and, you know, he bought and paid for. And he actually won, you know. And when he won, you know, being an independent, he had a lot of leverage in the sense that he wasn't beholden to either party. But he still had to kind of pay to play. So sometimes you'd vote for stuff he didn't want to because, you know, they, you know because that's how politics works. You know, sometimes the way it works is... If you don't, you know, go along with something, they're going to not go along with what you want to go along with. So let's say I represent, you know, Haven and one of our hospitals really needs repairing. If I don't go along with the party's vote on something, they might not give us that money. That would make me look bad. Then my opponent running for, you know, against me in the next election would point out the hospital and then I'll lose. So there's a lot of tremendous establishment power to keep things the way they are and for you to conform. But to his credit, there were a lot of speeches on the floor where he's calling out, you know, the Republicans and Democrats on bills that they're proposing. One of the famous ones was when he called out Joe Biden on the um, the crime bill, which it's incredible. I'm going to do an episode on Joe Biden very soon because when Trump wins re-election, I don't want people to be as confused as they were four years ago, as I was confused four years ago. But, you know, he was calling them out. He actually called out Joe Biden on the crime bill, how he's going to exacerbate crime and things like that. But he still voted for it. Because, again, what they do is they added another bill, which was called the Violence Against Women Act. They added that to the bill, the crime bill. So Bernie had no choice but to vote. Not that he didn't have a choice, but you know, if he didn't vote for that, presumably his opponent would come out and say, oh, Bernie hates women, Bernie's a sexist. He doesn't want people that commit violence against women to be punished, etc., etc." So... After calling it out and, you know, grandstanding and, you know, saying all that, he still ended up voting for it. But he was in the House for a long time. Then he ran for Senate. Then he won. But again, he mainly always used to vote along with the Democrats. You know, sometimes he'd vote against them, you know, things like that. But he did have that revolutionary streak at the start, to be fair to him. I'm going to say that before I go into how he betrayed the revolution. Because so, I don't want to be, you know, I want to tell the history accurately because... That's what I want when I watch history shows and you know listen to people passing history. I want I want the whole truth. 
So we're going to fast forward to the relevant dates, which is when he ran in 2016. He was actually was very unknown. No one even knew who he was. And to many people's surprise, he did extremely well. He won 23 states and caucuses. But I think it was 22, but he did very well. But this is where the, you know, the, the betrayal began to become apparent, even though people like me and a lot of us on the left didn't really want to see it. Bernie Sanders was cheated out of the nomination. Hillary Clinton, who was his primary opponent, was basically allowed to control everything about the party. And they were trashing him. They were releasing opposition research about him. So he basically didn't get a fair shake. When this came out, WikiLeaks um, released this information. I think it was a few months before the election. And Bernie Sanders literally refused to call the party out. He was being cheated and he wouldn't say anything about it. Now, of course, we later come to find out why, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. So this was one of the first signs that, what is this guy doing? It's kind of odd, you know. And then he endorsed Hillary Clinton and he said he won some concessions with the delegates and things like that. So basically, how he, one of the ways he was cheated was there was a thing called superdelegates, which is basically like party, you know, internal party people and party officials. They made up like over half of the delegates they were they were um, vying for to win the nomination of the party. Now, Hillary had about 60% of those delegates before a vote was even cast because those delegates aren't won by winning votes and things. They're won just by, you know, politicking. So bribing and essentially corruption. But Bernie obviously wasn't in that kind of game and because of that, you know, he didn't really have an advantage when it comes to that. But even then he wasn't calling that out. And so that was how she was able to was able to look like she had an unassailable lead when, in actual fact, it was only because they were adding the superdelegate numbers. So you'd have situations where Bernie would win a state, but Hillary Clinton would get more delegates out of the state because it's a very corrupt process. But Bernie literally refused to call that out. Even when his supporters, look at people you know, donating their blood, their money, their sweat, their tears to his, to his campaign, to his, you know, his promise of a revolution. They were getting very angry. Like, why are you not calling this out? Like, look what they're doing to our movement. Look what they're doing to us. But Bernie, he was very silent on that. And even when WikiLeaks revealed it, he didn't really have much to say. So he endorsed Hillary Clinton. A lot of people turned away from him after that. And even though a lot of his supporters actually did vote for her. So one of the things I'd like to clear up about this is, you know, when they write the history and say it was because Bernie's supporters didn't vote for Hillary. That's absolutely not true. It doesn't bear in the numbers. More Bernie Sanders supporters voted for Hillary Clinton than Hillary Clinton supporters voted for Barack Obama in 2008 when he first won the presidency. So it's just not true, which is something they've had tried to rewrite history you know, numerous times by saying. And they actually always used to lie about that with Bernie all the time until this year when he started to call it out. So that was, that was one thing. Also, at that time, after Bernie was going to drop out, there was a tremendous pressure, a tremendous movement from, from people calling for him to form a third party. You know, he had just burst on the scene. He had incredible name recognition. People started to, you know, realize this guy's values. He's speaking about universal health care, universal education, you know, tuition-free college. You know, he's speaking about things that a lot of people have been wondering, like, why are politicians not talking about this? So... People were really, really agonizing for him to, you know, start a third party and break this permanent two-party duopoly. But as um, Professor Cornell West, one of his supporters, said it, he missed his historical moment. 
because if he had done that four like you know four years ago up to now you know that that party might have you know 15 20 members of congress which is not insignificant when you're trying to pass a bill you know a lot of the bills they pass nowadays in the pandemic they pass unanimously because you know they can't debate it because of the whole virus they have to be separated stuff like that so it's not inconsequential if you have 15 to 20 you know members of congress one senator maybe something like that so that was kind of thing that people were wondering why wouldn't you go along with this and then after hillary clinton lost there was this incredible push to blame Russia and it was Russia's interference and Russia this and Russia that. They had no basis. It was nothing to do with Russia because it was a corrupt, you know, morally, you know, depraved person. But again, Bernie went straight along with it. He kept on blaming Russia and pretending like it wasn't because Hillary was incredibly unpopular, things like that, which actually came to be his undoing later, but I'll get to that. So, again, a lot of people, serious journalists, who were looking at the facts of this, accusation that Russia, you know, rigged the election and Russia threw the election to Trump. They were saying, Bernie, what are you talking about? You know, this woman, you know, her husband backed NAFTA, which destroyed the working class in America. It was really when the outsourcing of their jobs began. You know, Bernie, like, what are you talking about? This is, you know, <laughs> a lot of journalists, one of the prominent journalists said Trump had them at NAFTA. One of the reasons Trump won was because when he said NAFTA, the people in the swing states that you know Hillary was trying to win, Michigan, Wisconsin, they went crazy. And case in point, Hillary Clinton refused to go to these states, not because she didn't know politics, but because when she went there, her numbers went down because people were reminded of how historically they were screwed by her. Because there was, again, a lot of talk after that, like she refused to campaign in Wisconsin. She didn't refuse to campaign in Wisconsin. She knew she couldn't because... You know, she was doing worse when she went there. That's how unpopular she was. So Bernie went along with this this fraud, this lie, which just led to, you know, more hawkish behavior from the United States towards Russia, more sanctions, more global destabilization, the, the, the war in Syria. Just there was Russia in every corner. Every decision that was bad that the United States made, they blamed the Russia. Now they're blaming China. We're going to get to that later. So that was another thing that, you know, Started to make people quite curious that why are you going along with this? There's really no reason for you to. You know, it was like a new McCarthy, you know, Red Scare 2.0, which again was always used to destroy the left. So every time Bernie said something, they were like, oh, we don't want to be socialist like communist Russia. They'd always use that to undermine his movement. So much so that Bernie stopped calling himself a socialist and started calling himself a democratic socialist because every time he mentioned socialism, his opponents would say, oh, but look at communist Russia. And, you know, because America is very uneducated and stupid, everyone said, oh, we don't want that. So that was another way Bernie basically screwed himself. And then another curious thing was that Bernie never backed primary in his incumbents. So let's say there was someone in the Democratic Party that's completely corrupt, basically a right-winger, far-right in many cases. Bernie would refuse to back any opponent to them that's to the left. He would always want to basically maintain the status quo. He was fine calling for revolution when he meant running against the Republicans, but against his own party, who were just as complicit in what he's describing and the screwing of the people, he refused to call them out. And this again was a very it was an interesting red flag because you know you're speaking about revolution. A revolution is not going to happen just by you know keeping the same old same old. Into one revolution, we're talking about overturning everything. You know, fucking shit up. But Bernie was never really about that, you know. His call for revolution was always tame. It was always within the confines of, you know, party politics, which is, you know, Democrats good, Republicans bad. 
you know, case in point, you never called out Hillary for losing the election saying it's because she, you know, she didn't back a $15 minimum wage. She didn't back universal health care. She didn't back tuition-free college. All of, all of which were incredibly popular. So she wasn't exciting people. You know, there was no reason to vote for her. She was basically, oh, let's continue what Obama did. And Obama was incredibly unpopular. He is incredibly unpopular. I don't know what the numbers are saying. The numbers are all lies. Because Hillary was basically running saying, I want to continue what Obama did. And people were like, no thanks. In fact, in the same year of the election, I don't know if you could know about this, but Obama's signature bill, which was Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, it went up by like an average of 20% everywhere because it was a massive giveaway to corporations. Bernie wasn't saying this. He wasn't calling this out. He would say, you know, universal healthcare is good, but he wouldn't say why what we have now is so bad, which is that all Obamacare basically did was, it's almost like, think about it. If you drive a car in, I don't know, in the UK or the US, you have to have car insurance, third-party car insurance, minimum. That's a law. That's basically what Obamacare said. You have to buy insurance. Now, if you're basically creating artificial demand by demanding people buy something which doesn't work for them and is incredibly expensive, so much so that there's a penalty for you not buying it, how are people going to like that? You know, they're paying through the nose for something that by law they have to get and it doesn't work for them. You know, they're paying, you know, $15,000 a year on health, health insurance, but then when they get sick, then they have to pay more money and they go bankrupt. So he had to call out these, you know, blatantly corrupt and stupid practices. If he called that out and he managed to move her to universal healthcare, maybe they, she would have won. But again, instead of him, you know, being introspective and calling out the reason why she lost, which was herself, because how do you lose to Donald Trump and blame anyone but yourself? <laughs> you know, the election was handed to you on a silver platter, which is another thing. Hillary Clinton actually boosted Donald Trump during the Republican primaries, which obviously Trump ran in. Because she thought he'd be such an easy opponent. So the whole idea that, oh, it was Russia that boosted him. She did more boosting of Donald Trump than Russia ever did. Again, I don't want this lost to the historical record. So I'm putting this out there. It was called the Pied Piper Strategy. It was released in the, in the WikiLeaks documents. So again, Bernie knew this. He never called it out. He accepted blame. Every time they told him, you know, they said, well, it was because you didn't campaign for her. And she, even she, Hillary said that, the fraud that she is. But Bernie never campaigned for me, never helped me, never this. Bernie would say, oh, but you know, I did so many events for her. Instead of saying, first of all, fuck you. I don't have to do shit for you. You screwed me, you cheated me. Secondly, you never adopted any of the things that I was calling for that made me so popular. Thirdly, you were the one that was calling for Donald Trump to be boosted, you know. You boosted him internally. So just stop with the BS. Also with the whole Russia gate stuff. Hillary Clinton did more work with Russia than Trump did. There's a thing called the Steele dossier that was just a disgusting piece of trash that came out and said Trump had people pee on him and, you know, he owes Russians money and all that. Hillary Clinton solicited that. She got that from a guy called Christopher Steele who got that from a contact working in the Kremlin. Of course, they were all lies, but that's direct collusion right there. Hillary Clinton did more working with Russia than Trump did. But Bernie never called all this out. So again, contributing to his own demise. Anyway, we fast forward to after the election, Bernie had a uh, he had a organization called Our Revolution, you know, to try and form it to you know back a lot. Because after Bernie ran, you have to understand there was tremendous excitement about this man. This you know talking about revolution, political revolution, taking back power, taking back control, lol. But 
after that, there was tremendous excitement. A lot of people were inspired to run and to be part of the political process and to, you know, things like that. So Bernie founded this organization called Our Revolution, you know, to, 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 to support people that wanted to run. But what we just found out recently was Bernie and his top advisor, Jeff Weaver, they wanted to take billionaire money at Our Revolution. Now, the whole point of Bernie's revolution is it's about the people, not no billionaires, we're not going to take billionaire money, corporations, all of that. But now we find out that Bernie was taking billionaire money at our revolution, you know, at that time. And also, the way they did it was they founded it in a way that our revolution couldn't directly help candidates, which was the whole point of the situation. So again, these are the things that we're finding out, you know, betraying the movement. So these are the, re- these are the, you know, the real reasons why Bernie lost, because deep down, you know, it wasn't really about it. He was talking about it, but he wasn't, he wasn't about it about it, you know. I don't want this to be lost to history because I remember I had a run-in with someone a few weeks ago, a few months ago or something, after Bernie dropped out, saying, oh, I told you, you know, Americans weren't, you know, accepting of the left. You see, this is why, because Bernie is too far to the left. Absolutely, absolute BS, absolute garbage, you know. How can all these ideas be majority popular in both parties and they're both right-wing and then somehow it's because he's too far left? Stop this madness. It's because of stuff like this. You know, he had people that were basically false. They were frauds. They were preaching revolution to us, but they were doing the exact same things that the people that were trying to, you know, destroy and run against were doing. So eventually that came out in how they were running their, their campaign. Fast forward to 2020. Bernie started to run his, um, his 2020 campaign. You know, he started, you know, he was running it slow and steady. Then decided to come up. Now, there was a time when he was second to Elizabeth Warren, who is just a complete fraud, even more of a bigger fraud than Bernie is. But he would never call her out. And she literally just used to steal his positions all the time. Like, all the time. She'd pretend like she was for universal healthcare, then she'd back away from it. She'd pretend like she was for one position and back away from it. And Bernie never called her out. He was always trying to be nice, trying to promote unity, whatever that means, and all that kind of nonsense. And everyone, again, was very confused. Bernie, why are you not calling these people out? You know, every time his, um, his Medicare for All bill would get attacked. And they ask him, how are you going to pay for that? You know, it's cost this much. Even though everyone, any serious person that studies the numbers, know that universal health care is cheaper than what they have now. Uh, I, re- I read a study the other day that said the UK spends $4,000 per person every year on health care. Obviously, you guarantee it to everyone. The U.S. spends 11,000 and 87 million people basically don't have health insurance. So they spend 11,000 per patient and they still don't, you know. So Bernie should have said something like, how can I, you know, how can I afford to pay for something that's cheaper? Or what are you talking about? But you'd always pivot to talk about taxes, how are we going to tax it? And, you know, he never really got at the issue. Or the fact that these people are only advocating for this system because they're bought and paid for. By the insurance companies, by the drug companies, by the pharmaceutical companies. Bernie would never say that because, again, he only likes to call out Republicans. It was never really for a real revolution which required calling out his own party. Once or twice he'd say it and, you know, he'd get rapturous applause and stuff like that. But he never really seriously did it. There was, after his, um, you know, Elizabeth Warren, who was first, she fell off. Then Joe Biden came, who's now the nominee. There was loads of stories in lefty media. First of all, Bernie never even gave air to leftist media. 
like meetings that were calling out Democrats and Republicans. You never gave them interviews, you never gave them, gave them sit-downs, you never responded to their messages. So again, these are the things you need to be doing if you wanted to build a revolution. A lot of people on the left, you know, that don't follow politics that much, they follow these small news organizations. Status Quo, The Jimmy Dore Show, um, which ones do you have? Humanist Report and, you know, many things like that. So if you wanted to foster a revolution, you should go where the people are. He'd always give interviews to CNN. He did a few Fox News, which I don't berate him for, the Fox News ones, but CNN, MSNBC. But the people that are really in your corner, that are really, you know, trying to build the grassroots, you know, the, the revolution that you're talking about. This is These are the people that bring a lot of the issues that you're speaking about every day. They bring it to people's attention. Status quo does tremendous work, you know, bringing up Flint, Michigan, and the, the, the water crisis there and things like that. Bernie never gave air to these things. Imagine how valuable it would have been if Bernie Sanders went on there talking about the need to rebuild America's crumbling water system. You know, that would endear him to many, many people, Republicans, Democrats, because everyone wants to have clean water. That's not a partisan issue. But again, Bernie never did any of this. So again, this were another sign where this is why he flopped. He never really wanted to build that revolution. It was just, you know, he was just speaking about it, just rhetoric, empty rhetoric. His supporter, Joe, his, um, his opponent, Joe Biden, he was, there was many documented stories of him doing fundraisers with billionaires and union busters and oil and gas fracking activists and, you know, those kind of people, lobbyists. Bernie never called it out. Again, imagine that, that was the whole point of his campaign, was calling out corruption. In, look at how Donald Trump won. Donald Trump didn't win by taking on the Democratic establishment. He destroyed the Republican establishment. Donald Trump, on the first debate they had in a Republican primary, he looked at George Bush's brother, just looked him in the face and said, Iraq was a lie, your brother knew he was a lie, and he took us there anyway. That destroyed this man's political career. Imagine if Bernie was able to look at Joe Biden and said that. The crime bill was a fraud. You threw millions of African-Americans in prison for no reason. You destroyed people's lives. Imagine if Bernie looked him in the face and said that. He never did. So these are the things that people wanted. When Donald Trump said that to Jeb Bush, people were like, whoa, that's what they wanted to hear. Because this is what normal people are thinking. And again, when you're listening to the, the lobbyists and the political hacks, they'll swear to you people just want to hear you know, nice rhetoric and clean things. But if you go and ask most people what's, you know, what, what, what's stressing them about their lives, it's those kind of things. It's, it's being lied to all the time about wars and sending their kids off to war and wasting money on stupid foreign wars. That's actually, you know, a, a bipartisan thing between Democratic and Republican supporters. Obviously, their party never do that, but imagine how powerful that would be if, Donald, if, if, if Bernie Sanders looked at you know, Joe Biden in the face and said, you are Clarence Thomas, you know, in um, in the Supreme Court, you were the one pushing for you know for the Iraq. In fact, when um, smaller news outlets like outlets on the left were calling out how Joe Biden was really instrumental in pushing the Iraq War, Bernie never touched it. He would always say, "You know, Joe Biden's my friend. Your friend? Wait, what? I thought we have a revolution. Imagine if we're talking about how we're gonna go and you know protest at Jeff Bezos's house, and then the the protest leader." Starts his speech by saying, you know, guys, Jeff Bezos is a really good friend of mine. Oh, he is? What are we here for then? 
You don't take power on by calling them your friend. That's not how it works. You know, people like Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Nancy Pelosi, people have visceral hatred for these people. These are the people that are ruining people's lives. And again, I don't say that lightly. Just look around. People are they're putting a shiv in people. So people are coming to you because you're talking about revolution and taking people on and, and then you're saying, oh, they're my friends. What? Just get, get the fuck out of here. So again, the, 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 the excitement of his, um, of his campaign had died down because he basically proven himself to be one of, the, one of them. It was almost like a politician that run against something, you know, right during election season and then after that, you know, he just kind of fold up. And again, a lot of people were having questions like, you know, you're calling for a revolution. If you become president, these are the, the people that are literally, you know, using all their power and their might to destroy you. You're in the same party as them. How are you really, you know, going to do a revolution with these people when they literally oppose all your ideas? How are they going to vote for it? How is it going to work? He was like, oh, don't worry, you know, I'm going to, you know, campaign against them on protest. But he wasn't doing it now. So how can you say, oh, you're going to, you know, put pressure on them by, you know, holding rallies in their home states and stuff when you're not doing it now. You're not calling for incumbent, you know, primary opponents against Nancy Pelosi, who actually has one right now. You're not doing any of that. You're not, you, he literally spoke about being the organizer-in-chief, you know, and he wasn't doing any of that. And then he dropped out of, of, the, of, the, camp, of, the, of the primary election, inexplicably, to endorse the person that stood against everything that he was for. I think that was a lot more revealing than, than anything. And he dropped out during a pandemic. And he, when he dropped out, Joe Biden didn't, you know, he didn't drop out saying, oh, Joe Biden has endorsed my Medicare for All plan, or Joe Biden had it. In fact, when Trump was speaking about contemplating, you know, giving Medicare to the 30 million people who have no health insurance if they get coronavirus, Biden was saying how he would vote against it because it's too expensive. So again, you have this dissonance where Trump is to the left of the person Bernie just endorsed. What kind of revolution is that? So again, I don't want any of this information to be lost to history as to why Bernie lost and, you know, why the whole revolution just kind of, you know, he went out without a whimper. Also, the last debate before Bernie dropped out, this was when, you know, he had lost like, a, you know, so many states in a row. It was almost baffling how much he was losing because Biden was winning in states that he didn't even campaign in. I mean, maybe we'll find out in a few months that there was some incredible rigging because there was some, but you know, it still doesn't excuse because you knew they were going to do that anyway. And again, if you'd called it out in 2016, like your supporters were begging you to, maybe people would be more alert to it, but you never did. So you basically have no, you just look like a sore loser if you're calling it out now. And again, this is another thing that was quite important that, that never happened. The last debate before Bernie dropped out, it was almost like Biden was the one losing. Bernie was just being so weak, being nice. Biden was attacking more than he was. So that probably just completely did it in for people that, you know, Biden's winning so much. Bernie's basically giving up. Why should I care if Bernie, the person I'm, you know, giving all my money to, is not doing anything about it? During the campaign, they'd call his supporters Bernie bros and sexist and things like that. Bear in mind, Bernie has the most diverse co coalition of, of, um, of donors in history. He had the most small dollar donations in history. Nurses, teachers, you know, firefighters, people of color, young people. 
old people, everyone was giving him money. And he'd allow his supporters to be smeared all the time by the, by, by the mainstream media. He'd call his supporters sexist and rape apologist and, I don't know, and this, that, and the other. And instead of him to say, how dare you speak to the people, you know, that some, some, some of them are giving up, you know, two, three hours wages to, to support my campaign. And you're calling them sexist and rapist apologist. Instead of saying that, Bernie would say, oh, I don't condone any of that. Anyone that says that is not my supporter. Even though that never existed. You know, it's a bit like your, your, your child saying that someone in school has been bullying him. And the first thing you do when you go to the school is to say, oh, if my child is found to be bullying anyone, then I, I, I don't condone that. What? Excuse me? I just told you people are bullying me. What are you talking about? So again, the, the whole thing was completely baffling. But now we come to find out that Bernie didn't really want a revolution. He just basically wanted, in his own self-interest, to keep his committee appointments. And Bernie actually said, again, I don't want this to be lost to history, when, you know, socialists and Chris Hedges and Sharma Sawan, which is a, she's a city councilwoman in, in Seattle, she's a socialist, they pressed him, why don't you run to a third party? Bernie said, I don't want to end up like a Ralph Nader. Now, Ralph Nader was a guy that it was a very important consumer rights advocate. He was, he's basically the reason why we have seatbelts in cars. He was the one that was basically fighting for that when you know the industry was opposing it so he's a guy that's very very you know important in fighting power but the thing about him was he was never able to win any actual political office because you know the power fought him back so hard but he was able to win you know safety for people and what one of the things he'd always laugh about when they told him is oh well you know you can't win any political powers and yeah so what are you going to do take seat belt out of cars so you know sometimes the Winning that political victory is not all that important. It's about building that movement. So for Bernie to drop out in the middle of a pandemic, when all the things he'd been calling for have never been so relevant, you know, universal healthcare, you know, basic income, you know, you know, like rent strikes and you know rent relief, these things are most important now in a pandemic, and then for you to drop out and not demand any of these things. It was an incredible betrayal to, to the movement he claimed to be fighting for the whole time. You have people in America where he said a third of people on, you know, April 1st didn't, didn't pay their rents. Unemployment is like 30 million, which is more like 50 million, maybe even more than that, because a lot of people haven't claimed it. It's only when you successfully started claiming the unemployment benefits that you added to that. So, to be fair to Bernie, I would say he did fight for increasing the unemployment benefits. But I don't know if that's going to hold because a lot of people are now making way more money than they would working. So they don't even want to work at these, you know, precarious jobs where they could lose their lives to a virus. So the Republicans and the Democrats, they're talking about, you know, getting rid of that. So we'll see if that actually holds. He's able to fight for that. If he does, if he doesn't, it will be just more evidence of the fact that, you know, he, he was a fraud, sadly. Ultimately, he cared for his own self-interest more than he did about you know starting this revolution he cared more about maintaining his standing in the senate about keeping his senate appointments you know which is kind of baffling to me because when you look at bernie's history when he was younger he does genuinely care you know that that much is undeniable i'm not gonna lie but if you're someone like bernie sanders who's 78 years old what have you got to lose you're gonna retire after this this year anyway what have you got to lose in starting a revolution? Bernie Sanders is a guy that literally could be right now saying, 
we're going to organize it so that no one pays their rent because he has incredible name popularity he has you know so he can literally say you know what fuck this political process you guys don't want to vote for you know universal basic income universal relief i'm calling for a general strike and people would go with him because he's incredibly popular and he's successful and you know he does care but he's not doing any of that right now has there ever been a time to leverage your your, your support and your your influence as there is now when people can't afford to pay their rent anyway if you just come out and say hold a press conference saying i'm calling for a general strike today may 1st on workers day no one should pay their rent we have to shut everything down since these people don't want to listen to us and they keep giving trillions and trillions to corporations for bailouts who are then using it to buy back their stock and pay their ceos if i came out a few days ago that a lot of the health insurance companies because they pay the doctors completely broken system they're cutting doctors weight and salaries by about 40 50 percent and then they're increasing ceo salaries because now they're you know their stocks are going like gangbusters this is completely depraved bernie could call a strike with those people and say you know you healthcare workers join me today we have to have a raise you know really we had that here jeremy corbyn could be doing that here as well you know, all this stupid clapping and noise they're making for the NHS, but they want to increase their wages, they won't pay them anything. See, we're calling a general strike today. You have one day to get, you know, to increase the wages. If not, we're going to shut everything down. We don't care. They will do it in an instant. But sadly, they're not leveraging their power. And it's, it's, it's very depressing to see. So again, I'm left with the conclusion that Bernie, you know, he betrayed the revolution. Deep down, he does care, but again, he doesn't because he was never really about it. It was always more about his own self-interest. And, you know, it's sad to admit, but we have to admit it. And now, case in point, now that Bernie's dropped out, his top political, you know, advisor, Jeff Weaver, he now just recently formed a super PAC with two of Bernie's former advisors to back Biden. He wrote a, a news op-ed recently saying why Bernie supporters should back Joe Biden. Of course, it was a stupid one because Joe Biden has made no concessions. So even why Bernie backed him as well is completely baffling. But again, when you have people like this running the campaign of a man who says he wants a political revolution, it's no wonder why we lost. So I just wanted to make this to to put it in context, you know, just to make people realize. Because I don't want people to rewrite history and say it was because no, no one really wants the left. Because I know a lot of stupid centrists and meathead right-wingers are dying to make that point right now yeah you see the left is all fairy tales and it's not very popular no one wants it completely not true completely not true it's because what we think we have as our leaders on the left that are pushing for the things we want deep down you know they're not they're not with us like that they're not rolling with us you know they're pretending to but you know they just at the end of the day they care more about their own interests than they do about a revolution or winning power or socialism or any of these things and and it's sad because you know we we put a lot of faith in these people we believe in them we trust them you know i was heartbroken when bernie you know dropped out you know it was very painful i literally tried to avoid politics for like a week because it was incredibly depressing and initially i was very angry and blaming you know the political establishment and you know, the news media and, you know, this and that. And those people did play their part. But at the end of the day, that would be a bit like, you know, going to a duel and getting mad because you died. You know, that's what you signed up for. 
You know these people are going to oppose you. That's what they do. So you can't complain about what you knew was going to happen. You had to prepare for it more. But when we go through the history of it and what really happened, we find out that Bernie never really wanted to win. A lot of the time during his campaign, he'd be running talking about, ah, I can unite the party. Who, who gives a shit? Even Labour do that now as well. We have to move past the factionism and uni- unite the party under what? If we had a leader calling for, you know, kill all black people, if we all agree, can we unite behind that? Fuck no. So what were we uniting over? But he was always saying that, you know, uniting with the people that are trying to destroy him. They literally had meetings talking about how can we stop this man? And he still wasn't taking them on. He was spitting in his face, figuratively speaking, sabotaging his campaign, sabotaging his victory. Even when he won the first election, there was literal rigging. Like, votes were not counted. They were counted wrong. They were literally, you know, transparently. But, you know, it was almost like Bernie doesn't realise. They're not doing that to you. They're doing that to your supporters, to the people that back you. Your movement... But I don't think he ever got this because he never called it out. And so we have what we have now, that we have Joe Biden and Donald Trump, which Donald Trump is going to win again. I think some a part of me thinks that Democrats are running Joe Biden on purpose because they don't want anyone significant to lose to, to Donald Trump. Because the way everyone dropped out to endorse Joe Biden, even though he was like fourth and doing terribly, I think the way they must have sold it to them is that, look, if he wins, you're going to have... A prominent political position and if he loses at least you didn't lose so you're not going to have your name on you know under loss you can just rebrand yourself so i think they do know joe biden probably going to lose and i will be releasing an episode when i talk about why joe Biden's going to lose and how much of a shithead he is he's probably he's worse than trump at least trump stabs you from the front so i think that would be very informative because i don't want people to be blindsided when he comes to that day november 8th who knows what kind of election is actually going to be now. But I don't want people to be blindsided and surprised again that how did this, you know, Cheeto, you know, win re-election? I want you to know exactly how. And that's because the Democrats have, you know, screwed Bernie out, but he kind of screwed himself to an extent, but nominated someone that has no chance of winning. So I'm going to leave it there. So I'll leave it there and I will hopefully be releasing that very soon i've already been working on it so it shouldn't take too long and i do have a lot of time on my hands so let's excuse hope you enjoy and speak to you later thank you